0: What's going on, guys? In Taste Trophy Kids, we got an awesome show for you. We're talking about the big Woj bomb that was dropped on Thursday, Miami versus Lakers, and how that's going—not good. We're talking a little college football roundup. We're giving out our card. Tim actually has a card this week. We'll see how me and him stack up. It's a good one. Let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is October 2nd, and a Woj bomb is dropping in the beginning of October. Breaking today, just before we got on to record this pod, Doc Rivers is the new coach of the 76ers, which, by the way, the reason you come to Trophy Kids is, one, because we just instinctually know things. We're we're in the know. We might not be in the know, but we know (laughs) the know. We said, not that long ago, we sat here and said, Doc is going to be out of L.A. in the Clippers. That, like, can't sustain. He's out. Gets a new job right away. Or not the Sixers. Clippers, sorry. Gets a new job with the Sixers now how are we feeling now that we've digested this news a little bit today?
1: I mean, there were a lot of hot takes about doc, but I've, you know, I feel like there's no way that he was going to stay out of coaching very long. I think the longest he would have stayed out was probably, uh, you know, until 20, uh, 21, but you know, I guess Elton brand had to make that move and go ahead and secure doc. Um, Doc Rivers only has one championship, right? With Boston?
0: Yeah. Which, God love him. I love my Celtics, but no group of individuals has milked a championship harder (laughs) than that group of Celtics. And I love him. Paul Pierce, the truth, he is the truth. I mean, the man got stabbed 11 times and still played a full NBA season. He did. Um, Won a championship, heart of a lion. Didn't have a lot going for him most of his time with the organization. So, like... I would be milking it too, but no no group from coaches to front office staff to players has milked a championship, I think, harder than those Boston Celtics. And God love them. I love every one of them.
1: And but, the Celtics are going to soon, like, if the Lakers win this championship, then it, the Lakers tie the Celtics for the most uh, uh, NBA championship. So I don't know. I don't
0: know why we're using the word "will," which we'll get into probably when <laughs> they win. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not thrilled. Um, like I said last week, I'm not having fun. Like this isn't. I'm not having fun with this postseason anymore. Um,
1: yeah. I want to know what happened between negotiations between the Sixers and Mike D'Antoni. Like, how did that fall through?
0: I'm sure they looked at him and I'm like, well, D'Antoni is. Thinks he's a smart guy, but those teams collapse in a hot second. And Doc's got at least a little bit more of a pedigree. And I think one statement I I would like to clear up, because we we did give Doc a lot of crap. He's still a like a in the out of all the coaches, like he's still good. Like that well, that's not what we're trying to say here. But he's held to this kind of like upper echelon of coaches. And he's just like he's not that. He's not a Greg Popovich. He's not like one of these I wouldn't consider like all-time great basketball coaches but he's a very good coach so for an organization that doesn't want to start completely over which the Sixers don't want to start completely over um or at least I assume they don't like Doc is sort of a natural fit because he is technically he is a not technically he is a proven winner um he knows how to manage somewhat like big personalities Mm -hmm. um but I don't I don't know if he's gonna be the guy that gets the Sixers over the perennial hump that they're kind of stuck in
1: I will say this, the team that the Sixers have with Embiid and with uh, Ben Simmons and, uh, you know, it, I, I think that this is similar for him when he first got to the Clippers with uh, with uh, the team with DeAndre Jordan and Blake, uh, Blake Griffin, and Griffin. And, yeah, I think this is similar, even similar to – Boston throwing everything out and grabbing all the vets. Yeah. Um to win secure that championship. I do think this is a similar situation and a situation that makes more sense for Doc Rivers than the LA the 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 path that the Clippers tried to take, which I still will argue was a path to just beat the Lakers and they didn't think beyond that.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. Right. They built that team for the Lakers. Sorry, Tim, go
2: ahead. I was just gonna say I could see that. That was pretty much it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll say this
0: The Sixers are automatically better I think yes. Than when the season ended Adding Doc as a piece Automatically makes them a more, I think in my opinion A more competitive team next year But does it take them fully out of neutral Which they're kind of in And compete with the Miami Heat next year The Boston Celtics next year like The teams coming out of the West I don't know if it pushes them Because they have deeper problems Than coaching alone like the yeah. fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot a jump shot effectively that's not going to get better with doc necessarily like nah. the 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 chemistry of the team the pieces that are there they fit a little better but you're still trying to hammer up a square peg into a circle i feel like with a lot of this
2: yeah i would agree with that i mean it's it's tough they they get better but I don't see this taking them to that championship caliber level either. So, I mean, it's a nice move, but I think ultimately down the line, it's still going to lead to having to tear this team apart and figure something else out. At least not, maybe not necessarily tear the team apart, um, but at least split it up in pieces to kind of get something else going here.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that, um, so they had, mike d'antoni they had tylu uh interview i um tylu's got to
0: get the clippers job right
1: maybe they had kevin young also interview who is um, the sixers assistant yeah I um it, it's inter- i wanted to Doc just walk into that job and say like i'll coach the sixers and then, and they were just like yep okay you will <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably i mean he commands that type of force uh, yeah. it'll be interesting. I don't know if they're going to do a, com- they're, they're obviously not going to do a complete teardown, but at some point I think they have to decide, all right, we're going to have one star, either Ben Simmons or Embiid, and then build the team to yes. that structure. And I do think, cause you brought up the point, similar to like what the Clippers eventually did. Like once you figure out your direction, I think doc doc does a good job at helping guide that. Yeah. But to get across the finish line, I don't, I don't know. Um, but there are bigger problems in the NBA, and those problems involve we got we got a problem with the Miami Heat. They are the NBA finals kicked off yesterday, and oh man, I don't I think best hopes you get a gentleman sweep. I don't see a way at this point with the injury bug that's now going on with Miami. Mm-hmm. You lost Drogic to uh, tearing his foot. Mm-hmm. Bam Bam's br- beat up. Butler it's doubtful Tissons-
1: for next next yeah. game. Also,
0: awesome. cool. sorry, I guess we're kind of all over the place. Where we would like to start, I would like to start with – it. are we not in an agreement that it was insane to see Jeremy Butler come back into that game late in that game? after he
1: did whatever he did to his foot?
0: Yeah, and they put him back in the game down like, I don't know, 20 or something. Like the probability of winning that game was like I think the Lakers were at like a 98.9% probability to win, and they're putting Jimmy Butler back in the game after Bam goes down, Dragic goes down. And Jimmy Butler hurts his ankle. Like, what is going on, Eric
2: Spoelstra? Well, here. since since they're in the bubble, do you think the NBA told them they had to put Jimmy Butler in just so that there's a reason to even watch the second watch.
1: game?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At, <laughs> because eight. they're like they're like, all right, you you gotta show that you can like field the team for the next game, and yeah. Jimmy Butler has to prove that he's healthy in order for anybody to flip the second game on after that.
1: Yeah. the The other thing too is like and I think I brought this up last time, is I don't think, even with a healthy Miami, I don't think they have a size, because even when Miami ran small ball, and the Lakers went to small ball too, they still had somebody out there that was seven feet tall, and you just, and for the first time in these series, I watched Anthony Davis stand underneath the basket and bully everyone. Yeah, and I just, I... I almost lost it because I was like, "Why didn't we do this all <laughs> series long?" Why
2: you finally this? got your wish.
1: <laughs> he's the best big
0: man when he decides to get his ass down on the block. Um, to Tim's point, yeah, Adam Silver, the little chip he implants, and all the refs and head coaches went off, and in Eric Spoelstra's mind, he's getting directions to put Jimmy Butler back in. Um, yeah, I mean, the Heat are done. There's no the the competitive edge, and it not it's not even an edge. The only thing that made it somewhat potentially competitive is the fact that they have depth especially in the wing, and that they have a lot of shooters. So you have a situation where maybe you can shoot yourself into a game or because there are times where LeBron will be off the court, maybe you can take advantage of that or Davis is off the court type of thing. But, like, honestly, at this point, all L.A. has to do is run a bunch of pick and rolls with Anthony Davis and LeBron because whoever switches on LeBron is a mismatch. And if they don't switch, you got Anthony Davis coming down the lane to diff off to him, and he's too tall to prevent it. Like, this is –
1: I don't think – I don't think even Miami might even get a game. The other thing that happened in this game that I don't think has happened in other games for the Lakers is their everyone on their bench basically stepped up in this game. And oh, if so. that happens, I don't know if you can beat them. Not, I don't, not <laughs> you a know, chance. Um, they said that they didn't have a third person, like it just switches. But this game, every every person off the bench became a third, per- a third scorer.
0: Yeah, how much do you think plays into the fact that, like, because so far in the series, I think the Lakers have dropped the first game in each yep. series. Um, how much of this do you think, like, LeBron and Anthony see the finish line and just want to go the fuck home, and they're just over this and, like, screw it. Every game, we're just going to bust out balling.
1: I and- think that's 100% <laughs> a factor, especially for the players who are like, I can get a championship here, like, yeah. and it's it's just three games away. Let's do this. I'm with you. We might see a sweep. Yeah, like, <laughs>
0: Maybe a gentleman's if like I think the Lakers are going to have to have a historically bad shooting night in the Miami to have a great shooting night for them even to get a game like a singular game (laughs) or make it close, I guess. Because, yeah, I don't see a way, Um, which I guess leads to how do we view the NBA playoffs and championships? Scottie Pippen is going to be the kind of baseline we assess this off because he's out here just making some very wild Wild takes and honestly just disrespectful to the NBA as a whole um, and what the players are going through. So uh, Scotty Pippen, who I do enjoy, uh, came out this week and he said, well, I'm about the NBA and how this championship should be viewed. Well, I'm going to be honest. It's not the NBA. MB- it's not NBA basketball. It's not the hard grind. It's not the travel. It's not the fans. It's not the distractions. Really, to me, it's pickup basketball. It's going to the gym. Yeah, you're already got your team. You're all practicing together. But it's more of a pickup type of basketball because there's no fan, no fans in the stands. There's no, so there's no distractions. There's no real noise. There's no pressure on the players, you know. And then he goes on to diss Rondo. Um, yeah, this is so disrespectful. What? There's so much here to d- pick apart, but the fact that he's trying to make it like there's no, di- like distractions or grind. These dudes have been locked away in Disney World for how long now? Months? Like that alone is a mental gymnastics to try to get through like this is absurd and it's definitely not playoff basketball last time i checked the nuggets weren't playing playoff basketball they were playing phenomenal basketball miami heat weren't playing playoff basketball they're playing lights out basketball on the eastern side like this is just so insane to say but how do we i guess we view the championship in that comment alone
2: well, first, first I would say they're not, like, locked in Disney World, Nate. They're locked in a hotel room with a basketball court in it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> they're not in Fair. the traditional Disney World in and of itself, but it has been incredible basketball to watch. I mean, it's been exciting watching Denver take over. It was exciting at the beginning watching uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum take over. Like, all of the basketball throughout this bubble has been fun to watch
1: yeah i i completely agree i to step into his uh um comments about rondo and just like rondo wouldn't be playing like this if he was in a um arena and he couldn't see the basket and i was just like what it's like rondo is hitting more threes than he he's ever hitting his like i was like what is why why are we attacking rondo first yeah. and foremost but secondly what does it do but i agree with the sentiment that you're totally disregarding the strain, the mental anguish that these players are going through by being separated from their families, by being in this bubble, by having to perform, you know, night after night and then just going back to nothing. He, <clears throat> he talked about, like, having to go across country and being on the road and spending time in the— uh, bus and how that all plays a factor and I agree it does but we don't live in that world right now so it, it, it doesn't and I I know that when this is over whether Miami wins or L- the Lakers win LeBron will lose it doesn't matter <laughs> who who is this he's going to lose because people will say what well, was a shortened season and the bubble is easier and and I just this is like Tim pointed out this is Great basketball. I don't know if I've ever seen. After getting over that, there wasn't a crowd, and thank God that we don't have to listen to Chris Webber. Uh, <laughs> after <laughs> getting over those two things, it the product has been stellar. I know that another popular talking point too is that um, the ratings have been down for the NBA, but the ratings have been down for sports in general. So it, it's, it's sure you can say it. There's down for the NBA, and there's definitely it's definitely fair, but you sports have been the ratings for sports have been down yeah and
0: like you guys both hit on like the mental aspect of this and how much of a grind it is for these guys like jimmy butler selling his own coffee in there like these guys (laughs) like it it doesn't like it's not the same to me you guys because we're just like regular people but like these people have like a certain lifestyle they live right and to be removed and pulled from that that alone is adjustment and like yeah and him pointing out the fact that there's no fans, there's no tr- there's no travel, like you're just going to the gym, actually works against this point because – and I said this at the beginning. This is the most neutral mm. playing environment ever. There's no adv- outside advantage. It's just how good can you show up with nothing else going on and play basketball? Like it's the most neutral championship that will ever be won. Like there's no – advantage to being on one seed and traveling maybe a little bit less or getting more games with your home fans and getting that momentum going. Like it's all perfectly neutral. Um, so in that spec it's almost even harder to do. Like, and then on top of the fact that you can't see your families, like you're trapped kind of in this area, you're pulled out of the lifestyle you sort of know, which is an adjustment. Um, and I, nobody's complaining about that. Or like, I'm not saying like you should. Yeah, I'm just saying it's, it's tough. Um, And I think it's just so discrediting to what these guys have got to do. And, like, I'm not going to hold this game. I'm not putting an asterisk on this championship. Like, yeah, there should be context of when we talk about. Yes. But in no way, shape, or form should this be viewed any less on LeBron's part. If they win, if Miami somehow pulls off, like, the miracles of all miracles. um, If we got, like, an Angels in the Outfield situation going on in uh, Orlando type of deal. um, Should be held against them because of this. I'm I'm excited. Go ahead. I'm Sorry.
2: I was going to say, and travel isn't really what it was back in the day either. Like these guys are hopping on private jets, getting sleep yeah. therapists and everything like that. So they know how to control their sleep on a plane and everything. Whereas in the bubble, like you go down, you work out, you go back upstairs. Like, what do you do for the next like eight hours of your day?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Like, it's just an absolute mental grind. It has to be, because what else do you do? You can't, like, go out and do anything. You're stuck inside the bubble. Even now that they're letting a few more, like, close family members and everything in the bubble, it's still like, what do you do when you're stuck inside a bubble all day?
1: Yeah. They said that the players that were adjusting the best were obviously the rookies because— they had just been, you know, if you were in a tournament last year or you've been, you know, places that you've uh, never traveled to before, you just spend your own time with your team and stuff. So they adjusted quicker than the obviously the vets. The, uh, uh, what I was going to say is like, I'm excited in 10 years or however long, maybe even five, where we get the last dance version of the NBA bubble. Like, I know that that's that going the 30 to is be
0: awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What if yes. I told
1: you the world <laughs> shut
0: down <laughs> <laughs> and we decided to play basketball um, at Mickey Mouse's house? Yeah, it's, 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 it was, I was surprised to hear it from Pippen. I'm not super surprised actually when I think about it. Cause he is from that old school way And as I'm sure we will do with the next generation of athletes as they come up and we start to get older, like there is that like, Oh, our generation was better. We had to do yada, yada, yada. But it just it felt so disrespectful to the guys who were doing a hard thing and competing at an insane level. Yeah. Um, Jamal Murray was crying after the end of his game. Like, this isn't pick-up basketball. Like, um, it was just ridiculous. But I guess it's a good segue to what a non-bubble league is doing in the yeah. NFL. Because we have <laughs> our first cases of coronavirus – Honestly, it took longer than I thought. It took a lot longer than I thought. Uh, Tennessee Vikings had to shut down. Tennessee Titans, if you're not aware of the story, they've had some outbreaks on their team. Somehow the Vikings haven't had any yet, at least not that I've seen, which has then also affected the Steelers this week and the games they're playing. Um, where do we stand on this? Because honestly, this is exactly what I thought was going to ha- I mean, anybody, is- unless you're brain dead, we knew this was going to happen, um, but it doesn't seem like the NFL is really all that prepared going into what week four now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of exactly what I expected out of the NFL. It's kind of how this season has felt. It's like. Uh, it, If you play it, they will come. (laughs) And if you hold the games, they will be played. Um, That's not really necessarily the case with this coronavirus. And it kind of shows with the rumors that leaked out on what was going to go, how this game was going to be played, what they were going to do. First, it was the players don't know if they're locked out of the building until Saturday, and then they're going to have to play on Sunday. And then is this game going to be moved to Tuesday night? Now it's being moved to later in the season. Like, it's just they haven't thought any of this stuff through and it's crazy to me but it's also not surprising at the same time
1: it's the hubris of the nfl the machine that the nfl is um i so two things come to mind one how many of the vikings players were exposed to this is it the whole team and the staff like does like cautionarily do you uh, shut the vikings down too
0: Yeah, they did. Uh, They shut their facility down Monday. I don't know if they had it down the rest of the time, but they haven't had anybody test positive as of yet, at least not that I have seen, Um, which is crazy because one of the Titans that um, tested positive was a defensive tackle, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they haven't had anybody as of
2: yet that I've seen. Uh, No positive tests on Wednesday. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there we go.
1: Yes, Dr. Alan Seals, the chief medical officer, uh, came out, wrote a policy that said, uh, daily testing does not protect anyone during this pandemic, and any activity after testing increases the potential for infection, which seems like the biggest duh in the whole (laughs)
0: world.
1: (laughs) So I guess the NFL, besides moving the game, um, they're going to limit the number of players in locker rooms and then try to eliminate hand-to-hand contact and do contact tracing as well i would like to know how they're going to eliminate hand-to-hand contact because i'm sure you know players are touching each other all the time um so
0: yeah it's the nfl is not the most forward-thinking group we'll say that um to say the least their product sells it itself and as tim said and they don't really think a lot of things through and that's becoming very evident right here because the other thing is is we're we're learning this week where they have no real plan to address this like the season's eventually gonna have to get pushed back at some point because like the titans are not going to be the last team to have an outbreak and the concern going into this this is something we've talked about at length and i think a lot of people who actually thought this through not like the clay Travises of the world who just wanted to push this through no matter what was this idea of like how upfront and honest our team's going to be. Because if I'm correct me if I am wrong here, but I believe a staff member of the Titans tested positive on Saturday before the game. And then as we were talking before the show, a bus driver ended up testing positive. But if a guy test, if a staff member tests positive on Saturday, it's common sense that he will have been in contact with other people. They're constantly inside. They're constantly around each other. Like the game itself probably shouldn't have been played on Sunday. Um, and they should have been separated and isolated. And we didn't know about this until Monday when players now started testing positive. So like this was the fear I assume the big 10 had and their ADs and other people who were thinking about this from a smart protective level of like, if we don't catch it right away, it could very easily spread. We're lucky it didn't spread to the Vikings as of yet, but it spread to the Titans as far as we know. So, um, I think that was always going to be the fear, and that fear is now playing out right in front of our eyes
2: because there's no real plan. Go figure. Yeah, there's no real plan, and I don't understand how there wasn't, like, an additional bye week built into the season or starting yeah. a little earlier, like, start in the middle of preseason, have every team have three bye weeks then or something smart. Like, I mean, they didn't change the schedule like, why at all? bother Yeah, why even give them, like, the three weeks in the preseason? Like, it wasn't a preseason a normal preseason anyway, cut it an w- extra week and give that week.
1: Yeah, exactly. So right. according to
2: the games early or something like that, or not start the games necessarily early, but start the games when they sh- should have started preseason and give them an extra couple bye weeks or something like that. But nothing changed.
1: Yeah. So this bus driver that tested positive uh, for the Tennessee Titans, he drove, he drove both the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Astros. So he drives visiting teams um, in when they're in Minnesota. Ah, uh, okay,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, no,
1: <laughs> not good. <laughs> man,
0: yeah, it. And this is what we were talking. We were alluding to. I I gave out my pick three or pick two Thursday, pick two Thursday earlier, um, and I sort of alluded to it. Like the game we're about to watch, it's about to kick off here soon because we're recording on Thursday night, and the Broncos and Jets like terrible game glass in your eyeball type of game but like i gotta soak it in because i don't know i'm a bear at this point i'm just i'm getting ready to hibernate because i don't know when this football season might be shut down but we did get some get some get some positive news in college football the sec is back and that made the world of difference in college football i cannot wait until the big 10 gets back at the end of the month but adding the sec into the rotation i mean saturday was so much better with that
2: a hundred times, a hundred times better. I went from, eh, checking out Notre Dame and try and watch college football game here or there to, I sat on my couch, got at least two TVs going, was pissed at myself for not having my third TV ready, and sat there like all day and just watched a bunch of college football and it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think Nate, that you and I, owe Mr. Tim an apology <laughs> for the travesty <laughs> that was LSU. On Saturday, so like you guys, I sat on my couch. Well, I didn't sit on my couch. My dogs decided they wanted to watch football, so I played <laughs> with them and watched football. And then I grabbed my cover and some uh, tea. I just sat there and watched football all day. I do have this problem, and and this is why you guys have multiple TVs. I oftentimes don't know which game to watch when the marquee game isn't on, and so I'm just yeah. like, I don't know what team to put on here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep that's why like multiple tvs i still so i have three tvs going i got i still have the one from my dorm room in freshman year it's like a small i don't know how big it is it's like a maybe a about the size of a commute like, like, like a
2: 23
0: inch yeah 21
2: inch, inch so then like i got that.
0: one that i bought right out of college my first big boy purchase like when i had a little money in my pocket i got a bonus for passing um my series seven i work in finance um <laughs> I bought a bigger TV with it. And then just last year, there was like, whenever was it? Oh, I bought it on Amazon Prime. And then I had to get the third because I had the same. I'm one, I'm addicted to football. And two, from a gambling, I got to get a lot of eyes on a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it without having three TVs. It would be impossible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The problem right now is I'm trying to refinish my basement and put the three TV setup down there, but it's not done yet. It's not even really started. Um, so it's getting there. And I was hopeful to have it by the beginning of November. So, middle of uh, right at the beginning of Big Ten season which will be nice to have eventually nice
0: yeah It um, it's a must it's a must have during football season but I do owe you an apology on Mississippi State they like I thought LSU was going to be bad but I didn't think they were going to be Mississippi State literally take a dump on their chest bad um that was that was a game uh, uh. <laughs>
2: I'll have to be honest, I did no research on that or anything like that. I totally expected Nate to come come in and back me up with some stats or something on that. <laughs> and then for both of you guys to just completely shit on me, I just like backed up and like crawled <laughs> into a hole cuz I had nothing prepared to refute any of the things you were saying. And then watching that game was incredible. I was it it was crazy because you watched Mississippi State almost lose the game like three times, mm-hmm. and LSU never really had any business being in that game no. No. without the mistakes that Mississippi State was making.
1: Yeah, I think that's the part that frustrated me the most about that game is the ineptitude of lsu to not close that game out when they had a chance and if that's on coach o if that's on the offensive coordinators the d i don't know but somebody should be fined for making me watch that because i was like all right this is i mean we were even texting about it like okay this is probably it like lsu is probably done here like they're gonna put it away and they did not and mike leach obviously was like all right well if you're gonna give us another chance here we come
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah I should say what I uh, talk about, because it was, I mean, LSU didn't really have any business being in that game at one point, but when i tell saying they took a dump on their chest, I'm specifically talking about uh, Castello. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Stanford G- is G- G- Costello? Stanford Cost- the quarterback. Yeah, there Costello. we go. 623 yards, five touchdowns. That is specifically what I'm talking about. The air raid offense, I mean, in LSU's it's defense, here, they did. Yeah, they were, they were missing their best corner and probably the best maybe arguably the best player on the team. Um, They don't have their number one wide receiver to go to. They have a new quarterback, kind of a new offense because Joe Brady left, even though they split. That was like that. Oh yeah. We split the offense, but not really. It was Joe Brady's offense. Um, But man, I, I, in my head assumed LSU, the cover wasn't as bare as it was because they have such great recruiting classes, but who LSU might be really bad this year. (laughs) Really bad. And Mississippi state's
2: going to be really fun to watch in the SEC. They could be good or they could be bad, but um, one of the things I wanted to say on uh, KJ Costello's 623-yard passing game, wild stat about that is um, there have been 15 college football players to throw over 600 yards in the history of college football.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Mike Leach has coached seven of them.
1: Well, that's funny that you say <laughs> that because according to 538 – he th- he calls a pass play sixty nine point five percent of oh the time. time. My God,
0: <laughs> that's insane. That is yeah, that's absurd. Seventy
1: percent of the times it's a pass.
2: That might be the craziest thing I've heard. Oh. So don't even
1: blitz. Don't blitz.
2: Now nah, <laughs> just one up my stat on that, Dante. My God,
1: that <laughs> one's to, crazier. It than... That was me. a compliment to your <laughs> stat. <Yeah. laughs>
0: It's gonna be super interesting. I I was tweeting at Danny Cannell. He did not respond. I, I wonder why he wouldn't respond to my brilliance in my overserved self. But Danny <laughs> Cannell was out here talking about the air raid, tweeting. Could you imagine if the air raid? Uh, could you imagine if the air raid has been in the SEC for the past ten years? I mean, it only took one game to shred a big bad SEC defense apart. My biggest problem with this was LSU was not a big, bad defense. yeah. No. like let's no. let's not play games here. I don't know if Danny Kanell just stopped watching football um or if maybe he paint. overserved himself a little bit on Saturday, or like I did myself, had a few too many crisp delicious bud lights. Um, but that was absurd. I am super interested though, to see how this holds up against Alabama, against Georgia, like these traditionally big, actually good defenses who have good corners who can rely on getting pressure without having to blitz and can drop back more guys to play against the pass game. Um, that I will be super interested in because we have seen Pac-12 teams. Yes, it's not the Mike Leach air raid offense, but teams that throw the ball more, teams that are faster kind of play faster than your traditional SEC teams go up against SEC teams and get the barn doors blown off them.
1: And you saw Oklahoma who – also does an air raid offense get the doors blown and, off them as well so that's
0: another great point like cool. you're gonna have because the sec schools they're gonna be able to score on you because like mike leach's team don't play defense um that's just they're um well, uh they're loyal uh what was that loyal basketball team back in the day with uh what's his face uh not jerry west oh my god well, i can't think of his name Whatever where they just tried to score on you as fast as they could, as many times as they could, and they played no defense. Um, oh, it's kinda
1: like when Matt Mammoth was in the or is that, that team name was in the tournament that year. That's all they did was just try to outscore you. Yeah, it was just running gun
0: offense. Yeah. Um it's gonna be super interesting. This week was it was better, but some surprises. Georgia, Arkansas, Georgia did not look good offensively. Defensively yeah. they looked good, but offensively. Cool boy. That's a stinker.
1: Yeah, that game, that like I turned, I went back obviously because I was flipping, but like I couldn't even watch that game. (laughs)
2: That one didn't make it on either of the TVs. (laughs) I couldn't watch that game either. It was, it it seems like they had an overmatched quarterback in Dewan Mathis, who he's coming from Michigan, so I wanted to see him do well. Um, But he looks like there wasn't a quarterback. At, there wasn't really a quarterback competition at Georgia this year, which is wild because I was watching ESPN game day and they totally were alluding that Dewan Mathis was the guy that had won that quarterback position. Uh-huh. So I texted you guys uh-huh. and it was like, oh, now JT Daniels is going to be gone again. And then I'm just tuning into the score updates on the Georgia game. I'm like, this clearly it's not Dewan Mathis. Maybe it really was JT Daniels this whole time. And then it announced... That he's starting at Georgia now.
0: I like JT Daniels. I, I'm a, I'm a JT Daniels guy. I think I, that could be a big spark for Georgia, which will play I into some of my gambling
2: here. This, week. this is also one of my gambling. It could be a very buy low um, option here in my gambling picks.
1: That's funny that you guys say that because I think Auburn is playing some of the best football they could possibly be playing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Very interesting. Very interesting.
1: So I said it. I literally – I said it on this podcast when we're with Auburn, and they almost let it go because they almost – early on, they didn't look that great. But I was like, if Auburn begins to score on Kentucky and that swag comes out, it's going yeah. to be all over. And you could see them – like as the game progress, get better and better. And if they can keep that same momentum going into that game, I, I do think Georgia will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn went, won.
0: I think this is a good segue just to get into our cards, but I will say one thing I do owe, I owe Miami of Florida a half apology. I still don't think that offensive line is as good as it it's going to need to be for them to be good. And El- or Florida state sucks And Louisville also sucks. So they haven't really beaten anybody. But yeah. man, do they hurt teams if you're not if you're not prepared to blitz and bring pressure, this team is going to hurt you. You have to blitz and bring pressure because King, as I've said, he is this team is way too good everywhere else besides the offensive line to not be doing that. This is a I'm not I'm not putting the Miami chain on there yet. Like I've been burned and hurt by them so many times, and I want to be a Miami guy. So I'm not there yet. I think this is still another overhyped Miami team, but I do owe them a half, half apology because they are they're hurting teams if they're not ready to bring some pressure.
1: Did y'all speaking of Louisville? Uh, did you watch the Pittsburgh game?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah I had another That 30. was. I tried a, a bit.
1: Crazy. Game. <laughs> yeah.
0: I had. They were my push. Of the, they pushed on me because I had Pittsburgh at three. I got the number at three. Thank God I got a three and not three and a half. That game ended. I. I missed the initial – like, I looked up, and the quarterback looked dead. Um, And I was like, what the hell happened? Um, Luckily, I think he's fine. I didn't see anything – crazy afterwards but
1: yeah i think he's fine i think they uh, reports came out later that they were telling him not to move at all
0: Gotcha. and so it
1: looked really bad on tv i think it was a hip injury and they were just telling him not to move his body at all that
0: would make sense with the way he fell it would be his tip because i was like what the hell happened here tim texted me too and i was like uh yeah it looks bad i don't know too too much yet but
2: yeah i remember that now it it looked bad but it didn't look like that crazy of a hit either right like, the play right. didn't
0: look bad. The The after effect looked bad because he wasn't. Yeah. Really that makes sense. Also, every time I feel like – I don't know if it was you guys. Every time I feel like I turned that game on, there was a turnover. Like, they, that ball yes. was just loose yeah. all over the place <laughs> in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen the ball on the grass more times in my life than outside of golf. Like, that was absurd. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into the card because Tim's actually got a card this week. We're going to talk about the games. And I think we we it's a natural segue. We'll start with the biggest game, the best game, the Deep South rivalry,
1: Auburn, Georgia. Yes. I, into my veins.
0: I know, I dude. I why don't you guys go first? I will. I'm 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 gonna go last on this one because I As, I've gone back and forth a lot.
2: <laughs> this one I do think it's a like I said earlier, like I alluded to, it's a opportunity to buy low on a very talented Georgia team who really did not have a quarterback at all all game in their last game and now they do with JT Daniels coming in Um, it'll be interesting to see how he plays without being really cleared for practice or cleared for the game until now Um, so he's never really been cleared so maybe he wasn't practicing that much but I got to imagine he was still getting a bunch of throws in and everything Um, and I also think that Kentucky lost that game, or Kentucky played bad in that Auburn game.
1: Mm.
2: Auburn, I don't, I'm not 100% sold on. I know Dante thinks that they're playing the best football that he's seeing right now. I'm not 100% sold on Auburn. Again, again, I never really am. Um, But... I do think that Kentucky played worse in that game than we expected them to. And Auburn kind of played exactly how we expected them. And then Georgia just played atrocious with their quarterback. And I think there'll be a big bounce back game here.
1: So the same caution that I have for Kentucky against Auburn is the same caution I'm going to have against Georgia with Auburn. If you let Auburn rip off two touchdowns back to back, you might you might be digging a hole bigger than uh, you have. Now, on the flip side of this, Georgia's defense is going to be a better opponent than Kentucky's defense, right? And so there's some passes that are burned through where their receivers were just snatching the ball away from Kentucky's corners and safety. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. In the Georgia game, although they do – I didn't realize how big some of their rece- – or that one receiver is for Auburn. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's going to happen in a Georgia game. Uh, the other thing, too, is I think that if if Georgia makes Auburn play on the ground, then th- Georgia wins this game. But if Auburn is, is able to take a page out of Mike Leach's book <laughs> and throw the ball – so watch out
2: that's true too yeah i bonix did play better than i expected him to mm-hmm. full full credit there i did not expect bonix to play that well or as well as he did not necessarily that well but as well as he did so regardless still i'm taking georgia minus six and a half here
0: so, yeah, I don't think I preface this. Georgia, the Lions, six and a half. Georgia's the favorite. Under or over is at, where's the number right now? I think it's 44, and a half. 44 and a half, yeah. Yeah, Seth Williams, I that man just bodied Kentucky. I hate Kentucky football. I hate them with every fiber in my body. I thought, one, Terry Wilson was not as good as he needed to be. That fake punt return... I wanted to throw my TV out the goddamn window at that point. That was absurd. I've never seen something so stupid in my life. And then the absolute fumbles, I hate you, Kentucky. I, there's a reason I live in Cincinnati as opposed to northern Kentucky, and that is a reason that stands today. God, I fuck Kentucky on that one. Um, that was terrible. Um, but you are right. I mean, Dante hit it right in the head. If, if Auburn gets some momentum going, they are they're a dangerous, dangerous team. Um, but because Seth Seth Williams, that wide receiver, that is a big man to cover, and he yeah. is he is a monster. The problem, though, I'm not sold on Bo Nix yet. He historically has struggled, and historically in his two years, it's not like he's <laughs> some old wise vet here. Um, <laughs> but Gus Malzahn has historically struggled uh, against Kirby Smart defenses, um, and I do I like JT Bear. Bar- uh, Daniels,
2: Daniels,
1: sorry, Barrett. Barrett. Daniels. I like JT, JT Daniels. Barrett. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Rock Sport also like JT Barrett, but uh, <laughs> or or, or, or Barrett? Well,
2: JT Barrett was the Ohio State quarterback.
0: Quarterback. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. big clap. Man. Um, but I do like JT Daniels. I liked him at USC. I do like their defense. I the the over under. I know they both have really good defenses, but that that feels a little low um but i'm gonna go georgia here i because if they win i think it will be by a touchdown um i would rather go georgia and be wrong on this and then know i'm good to bet auburn the rest of the year um than be wrong i will hate myself if i go against georgia and kirby smart and they absolutely kill auburn uh who has struggled against them but i will 100 percent agree don't let Bo Nix get confident because he no. does or let him get confident because he does throw some dangerous balls. Yes. He just winks up <laughs> <out> there.
1: <laughs> he, he throws a lot of 50-50 balls, which I don't I don't I don't know. Like I had never been a quarterback and I don't know what go like what decisions you have to make. But for him to have that much trust or Maybe for him gonna... to be that foolish. Yeah. <laughs> to throw those 50-50 balls like he threw so many that I was just like you're you're just throwing up there with a prayer. Now, I will say this when he throws the 50-50 ball it gets to the receiver and the uh corner right right to them cuz a lot of times you will throw 50-50 balls and someone has to stretch either way. But that's also not a good thing cuz sometimes you could be hitting the corner in their numbers and now you got an interception.
0: I mean, Seth Williams is a great wide receiver to have. Because he is big and he can get up. Um, I had to look him up. Uh, his size—he's six three twelve. So like, yeah, he's right. a big boy. Um, he's gonna be taller than most people. Yeah, garden.
1: Yeah, I
0: forgot about that. Uh, once he started getting going, I knew
1: my Kentucky bet was in trouble. Um, I mean he still... lost. I think I saw him lost two people in that yeah. game where he, he just should have.
0: Kentucky still should have covered, but that was trash. Yeah, I'm going Georgia. Um on that though.
1: I mean I don't have a card, but obviously I have said that I'm picking Auburn in this game. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll
0: give you we'll give you the six and a half on Auburn. Um let's switch it up a little earlier in the day. Missouri, Tennessee. I did not watch Tennessee the Tennessee game.
1: Why? Why would you?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if I'm buying. This is not on my card, but I thought it was worth mentioning. As like a watch game, I would rather I think take Missouri lane the two twelve and a half here. Um, this is not an official pick by me, but I thought it was worth bringing up because I think Tennessee's frauds. I always think they're frauds. I don't think this team is going to be very good. And Missouri showed some decent things once the Alabama starters got out. Um, twelve and a half feels big for this Tennessee team, in my opinion.
2: I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't have an official pick on this game either,
0: though. All right, let's talk about one where I do have an official pick. Because I do. there's a game that I like a lot for an over here. TCU-Texas. I already gave the pick because I said I like the over a lot. That was probably... <laughs> yeah, real real instantaneous... Didn't uh, bury real, the lead instanti- on that one. Yeah, let's- yeah. <laughs> um, Lines at 11.5. I don't like the line. I don't know where that game's going to be. I, Texas... Texas is another team, the biggest frauds in the planet. Um, Tom Herman is a joke. Um, But 63, that feels way doable with these two teams because the offense is going to get going for Texas. But Texas plays no defense. They play zero defense in the entire era of Tom Herman. Um, And TCU can score. Like Gary Peterson has shown us that he can score on Texas. I like the 63 here. The over seems, this seems like over heaven here.
2: Am I crazy? <laughs> I don't hate that. No, I don't hate that. It wasn't on my official card. It wasn't on my official picks. I didn't have an official pick. You are le- making me lean towards the over of 62 though. I guess okay. I don't really know how good TCU is. I know that they'll I know that Texas is going to put up a bunch of points, but
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I've watched zero TCU football, but I know two things. Gary Patterson's offense usually can get rolling against Texas, and Texas's defense can't stop a
1: nosebleed. Who Most. did CCU play? They played Iowa State, and they lo- Oh yeah, they lost in a. They
2: lost like upset, 30... right? Or thirty? No, that wouldn't have been an upset. Iowa State was supposed to be good. Um, is this, this a wild game? Brock Purdy was throwing it all over the place. Like threw it to the other team, fumbled it in the backfield. Yep. Yeah, they won
0: thirty-seven, thirty-four.
2: I yeah, this,
1: so here's my two cents on this. Whatever happens in this Texas-TCU game, we can't predict it on this podcast. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, what yeah. I know. Whatever. This game I really don't care that much about. Yeah, it, and it's going to be – I mean, like the Texas-Texas Tech game was – I don't even know if that was football. It was like when my brothers and my friends on our block met up with some kids on another block, and started playing (laughs) football. That's what that game looked like. Like, pick up football.
0: You're you're, you're making the argument for my over here. This is why I love my over. Like, it's (laughs) literally just going to be up and down the field just like absurdity. There's no defense (laughs) being played here. There's no lockdown corner in Texas or TCU. Like, what are we talking about here? (laughs) Watch there be some stud corner in Texas that I missed or something. It's getting <laughs> to be
1: 1417. 14, 14,
0: I will lose my ever loving mind. Uh, all right. Game it's of the week. Score. Yeah. Game of the week before we give out our official cards, unless there was another game you really wanted to go in depth about Alabama, Texas AM. i'm pretty excited for big 10 football i did you all know that apparently donald trump uh brought back big 10 football i mean a little presidential debate
1: he said it during the debate so it must be true right that he (laughs) single-handedly brought back big 10 football but it doesn't matter because it's 20 some odd days away i don't know when this podcast is being released uh but 20 some odd days away and I am excited. I'm excited. I can't, it cannot be football season without SEC football and Big Ten football. I'm sorry to the other conferences, but if those two conferences aren't playing, it's not football season.
2: And I'm so excited too. I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to see this fresh Michigan State team um, and one of the tweets that I just scrolled through that I saw, it says, um, they were talking to Michigan state starting center, Matt Allen. And it says, Allen said, O line are stretching more before and after practice at the urging of strength staff, something to keep them on the field more like they weren't stretching last they weren't year. Stretching That's why they're hurt. <laughs> it's like are you kidding me no wonder they were all hurt no wonder none of them could
1: stay on so the field i'm gonna douse your fire because that's what i do here is i break up the, the the bad it does look like rocky is going to be michigan State starter
2: yep i saw that as well it said uh i think they were talking to xavier henderson mm-hmm. who was talking about how the ball was coming out quick from his hands so I don't know. I'm starting to warm up a little bit to Rocky, but that's also me getting a lot of false hope and just excited to see the Spartans play this year. Yeah.
1: Now not I gonna,
0: go ahead. I was, just saying, I was. I'm not gonna lie. When
2: he said that at the debate
0: that he brought back on Pig football, I said audibly, "Excuse me, sir. You apparently haven't heard of
1: Sawyer Yates." Oh, yeah, Sir Yat. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, uh, yeah, He Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht. Sir
0: Yacht. Sir Yacht. he Yacht. Sir Sir Yacht.